0: This is an ABC podcast.
1: 2022 has been a year of devastating cyber hacks, billionaires buying things they're probably going to regret, and a roller coaster of other tech news. But this week, in the final Download This Show for the Year, what were the biggest tech news stories, the strangest products, and how different will our world look in the next 12 months? Let's find out. This is your guide to the year in media, technology and culture. My name is Mark Fennell and welcome to Download This Show. Yes, indeed, it is the final episode of Download This Show for 2022. (sighs) That was like a really pained exhale as a response to the year uh to help us make sense of what i think we can all agree was a strange year in a plethora of strange years we have from access informatics peter Marks, welcome back thanks mark great to be here and uh, always fun looking back at these years (laughs) we always look back and go what and to help us make sense of all the weirdness that was this year alice clark from the press any button substack welcome back
0: thank you for having me what is time
1: uh from memory it was a flat circle
0: (laughs) yes Mm. and also never ending
1: so you'd have to say probably one of the biggest stories in tech this year particularly for australians would have to be the sheer amount of our data that was hacked alice out of everything that happened this year why was this year such a big year we had we had the optus hack we had the medibank hack but then also what was happening around the world as well Was there something we did wrong in January that resulted in it happening?
0: (laughs) Presumably some time travel went back and stepped on the wrong bug. But this was kind of inevitable. Hacks are always happening. It's just this this year we happened to have a couple of really, really big ones get reported really close together. Um, it's the age-old problem. If you have data stored on a server or computer connected to the internet, it is hackable and it probably will be hacked.
1: It is interesting, though, Peter, that so many of them came out at the same time. Is that just a coincidence or is there... Because I know they changed some of the rules around reporting and, and going public uh, with, with hacks. Is that something... Is that potentially why we're, I guess, paying well, more attention to it?
2: Maybe that's it. I mean, there's the Office of the Australian Information Commissioner that runs the Notifiable Data Breaches Scheme, which basically uh, mandates that organisations have to declare when they're hacked. So it's possible that, you know, hacks have been going on for a long time. Uh, but 2022 does seem like we had some particularly big and egregious attacks. You know, in September, it's really the last half of the year, September, we heard about Optus, which um, 9.8 million customers had their identifying information taken. So their name, date, address, passport, driver's licence. And of course, this information can be used for identity theft. And it means that the customers affected might have to be the cost and the work of changing their documents. It's thought that it was quite a simple hack. In the end, it was some sort of endpoint. Uh, I believe it was api.www.optus.com.au, and it didn't require a username or password. The Medibank hack, though, was really nasty. It was people's uh, data, their medical records of 3.9 million customers, and they were asked to pay a ransom to avoid the data being made public. And, of course, people are concerned because the data about your medical treatments uh, basically reveals things like have you had an abortion, have you had mental illness did you have drug dependence so it could be used to embarrass or blackmail public figures in that data set uh, Medibank declined to pay the ransom, and I believe the data has now been published so yeah it's a really a really bad year although to
1: to the end of the financial year, it looked like quite a good year. I think now with the last part it's one of our worst. do you reckon ours Alice- our behaviour is going to change off the way in the wake of of these major hacks, right? I, I think my first reaction, I think, more, as you point out, Medibank was much more egregious in terms of what they collected and what could be done with that information. But there is this thing that goes in the back of my head where it's like, can we give less? Can we give less information over to to companies? Is that even on an option available to us as consumers, Alice?
0: As consumers, not really. Uh, medical insurance company needs your medical details. Uh, I think there does need to be some more regulations put in place that limits the amount of data companies can hold on us. Because at the moment, everything asks for all of your data all the time. And the only way to not give it is to just not participate in a lot of parts of society. So... We need to not just make there be much more stringent punishments for not storing your data correctly, like Optus did, but also limit the amount of data that can go before the punishments need to be doled out. I said that sentence really badly.
1: i was it? <laughs> I I liked hearing the cogs. Yeah, <laughs> like you could hear them turn. Uh, <laughs> like Peter, it's a it's a fair enough point uh, that. You know, it's not always consumer's responsibility. There is this other end of the equation too. Are we likely to see, and indeed have we already seen, uh, changes in how big sort of data collecting companies, i.e. all of them, uh, are communicating and actually behaving with our
2: data? Yeah. Look, um, I think there's a few messages out of it. There's three things I think that um, basically companies should not store data longer than they need it. Optus had customer from customer data from past customers back to 2017. Secondly, they shouldn't be storing the customer identity information, things like your passport. I mean, they only need that to do the initial credit check and set you up as a customer. There's no excuse for keeping that sort of thing on file after. They should just have a tick saying, "Yeah, we've checked them," and that that's it. Then throw it away. And we do need to encourage breached organisations to own up. There should be a bit of carrot, so congratulate them for being honest about it. And also a bit of stick with harsher penalties, I believe, are coming. Uh, There is a tender document from the Department of Finance which reveals that the government is looking to increase security for its websites and data, and they've got hundreds of websites, of course, they want automated protection, but they also want to prevent security companies from mining the data that they are protecting. So uh, their last, the, the last report from the uh, organi- the Office of the Australian Information Commissioner said that notifications were slightly down, but yeah, as we were discussing, this calendar year has been a really bad one, and
1: I think we can expect to see further legislation next year. Alice, those measures that Peter just outlined there, do you think they'll work?
0: I think they'll work as much as any laws that say that they'll punish major corporations in that they won't really work that well and they will probably end up just being absorbed as a cost of doing business. Like that's very cynical of me, but also is based on just everything. See, that's what I
1: thought you were going to say. So now my follow up question is what would work? If you don't think those things are going to work, are there sorts of things that you would like? You as a consumer, you as a producer and harbourer of data, hmm. what would you like to see change?
0: Jail time for oh. CEOs and people who are in charge of handling this data who do it incorrectly. Well, I've, there's the a problem. These... You see,
2: if you make it too tough, then people might be inclined to cover it up. So that's why I think it's got to be... It, it, there's got to be a penalty. They've got to pay the cost that consumers had to bear as a result of, say, their identity being stolen. But but I don't know, if you if you say we're going to put you in jail, then what's going to happen, there'll be a cover-up. So it's kind of a balancing act.
0: But also, if it's just a fine, then that just becomes a cost. Is that mm-hmm. fine more expensive than getting better servers and spending better time on data security? At, like if we, if, if an actual individual person did something like that, any of the things that a lot of these major corporations get away with, we would go to jail. Wage theft mm. is a fine. Stealing from Big W is a jail sentence. Ah. At some point, we need to start treating corporate crime the same way we would civil crime. Because if it's just a fine, then that's just what doing that costs rather than an actual punishment. Just coming back to
1: that question about, us as consumers, right? Because, you know, as it currently stands, we, we wait in the wings for behaviour and technology and legislation to change, right? I, I do, I want to flip that question back to you, Peter, because I asked it to Alice, which is this, do you think your behaviour or are you seeing the behaviour of those around you change with what kind of information you put on? Like, you know, are people putting in fake information, for example, because they're worried about where that, that, that might end up? Do you, do you think there is a shift underfoot?
2: I think I'd have to agree with what Alice said it's really tough if you want to do business. I signed up to a car share company recently, and the things I had to do were extraordinary to identify myself. I had to give them a scan of my passport, my driver's license, my picture. then they wanted a photograph of me with my face and my open passport next to my face and the same with my driver's license. I went through this whole process. I felt like I you know i I wasn't I wasn't applying to get a, you know, to migrate to another country. I just wanted to borrow a car. It, I, I think it's just gone crazy, and I think we need to start ramping it down. And, and I guess if some companies made it easier, then maybe they would get more business. But at the moment, you have to do so much work to identify yourself, and of course, I, I'm now concerned that that data might get hacked and taken. And you know, then what do I do? I have to go and get a new driver's license, a new passport. It's yeah, it really puts me off
1: doing business download this show is what you're listening to it is the final episode of 2022 we are wrapping up the year in technology and you couldn't really talk about the year in technology alice without talking about the man <laughs> who seemed to just dominate every second headline uh it's almost like he's taken that mantle away from mark zuckerberg of course we are talking about elon musk elon musk of course became famous for well what do we point to be initially involved in paypal then tesla then spacex sending people to the moon and mars and then of course he attempted and eventually succeeded in buying Twitter, which seems to have gone spectacularly well, Alice. <laughs> why? Okay. in the, If you look back over the, the strangeness of this year, the $44 billion folly that was in purchasing Twitter, are you surprised that it played out the way that it did?
0: I am kind of. Probably just as surprised as Elon Musk is. Um, <laughs> He made what some would claim to be a joke offer to buy Twitter at the price of a weed meme. Um, He often offers to buy things out. He once offered to make Tesla private and never had to go through it. It's just a fun game that he plays. Uh, But unfortunately, this time he signed a contract with a specific performance clause um, without doing due diligence, did the due diligence, discovered he was massively overpaying for a company that isn't turning a profit. Uh, Twitter then imposed that specific performance clause, made him buy it, and now he owes billions of dollars to various banks and is partnered with a Saudi prince and is welcoming neo-Nazis back onto the platform. Things are going great.
1: Is this just a case of a joke gone out of hand, Peter, or do you think Musk is sort of like... um, I I guess, look, it's hard to interpret some of Musk's actions, right, Mm. because he's also like a world-class shit-stirrer on the platform, right? So it's, it's sometimes hard to glean, like, earnest intentions. But I, there's a part of me that goes, this is a joke that got massively out of hand. Do you think he will actually manage to wrestle some control and possibly improve Twitter, I, Peter? Look, it,
2: it does seem that Twitter was overstaffed. It had too many people and it wasn't well managed in the past. It's been very slow to roll out features and, they've, you know, there's been quite a lot of bungling in the past. So you think it's a bit of a low bar. But he, as you say, he's had a very jokey sort of persona, and he does seem to speak in riddles. Um, he has been observed himself to share some counterfactual information, including COVID-19 misinformation. And that thing um, Alice mentioned about the um, uh, taking Tesla private, he was actually sued by the US Securities and Exchange Commission for falsely claiming that he had secured funding. So he does get bitten from time to time. He seems to align with conservative views in the US. And there are some very disturbing hints that he's pro-gun. He had that photo he showed of his bedside table with some guns on it. And he he does seem to even dog whistle to Nazis. So he's, he's not the right person to be running what he's characterised as the town square where we discuss things, you know, the pillar of democracy. He slashed the staff, including many people involved in moderation. He's reinstated banned accounts who'd been removed for hate speech. So, of course, hate speech is coming back. And um, apart from staff who he got rid of, uh, some key staff have left of their own volition. And of course, the advertisers have walked away. I think half the advertising stopped. Apple, their biggest advertiser, withdrew for a while. But he had a personal meeting with Tim Cook and they, he says they're fully back, but who knows, uh, I just don't think he's got the right character. I mean, Tesla has been very successful. SpaceX is knocking it out of the park. But not everything Musk does is a success. Um, Tesla for a long time was in trouble. The Boring Company, which aims to build road tunnels. But apart from two, they've only built one in LA, the other one in Vegas. Their other projects have been announced, but then cancelled. There, There is a theory, I should say, um, that his plan with the, the Boring Company is basically to undercut public transport projects because he really wants to sell cars. He's not interested in in in, uh, in uh, trains going around the place. The Tesla self-driving, he's always claimed that it was going to, you know, be ready next year, next year, next year. And uh, they were saying that he didn't need um, LiDAR, he didn't need radar, but now they've walked that back and they're going to put radar in. And I think the most disturbing one of his ventures is Neuralink Corp, which is trying mm. to develop a brain implant, but it's facing a federal probe into allegations of, quote, needless suffering and deaths of test animals. This came from employees who'd been pressured to speed up research. Musk told them they had to work as if a bomb was strapped, strapped to their heads, and there are reports that roughly 1,500 animals have died in experiments since 2018. So, you know, he, he's, he may be very wealthy and he may not actually be the most wealthy person in the world. There's been some reports that he's dropped to number two, um, but he has a, a runway of wealth, so he can carry on for a while, but his investors won't be happy if he devalues Twitter too much. It, if it does turn into a cesspool of abuse, Apple and Google could remove it from their stores and that would be devastating.
1: Do you think that's actually likely? I mean, I, I, there is this weird, and I don't actually understand the, the contours of it, but there does seem like this slightly um, antagonistic relationship between Apple and uh, and the Musk universe, Alice. But do you think that we will ever reach a point where they will take it out, out of the app store?
0: I think they'd probably take it out temporarily. I mean, they took out Tumblr at the beginning of the year until they blocked tags including beard, girl, depression. And me, mm-hmm. like there's like the worst haiku something. I've ever heard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they also uh, did a bunch of stuff with Discord. I can't remember if they actually took it down or just threatened to take it down until Not Safe for Work content was banned. So they've got precedent of taking out major, well, Fortnite. as major they took as out Fortnite. Yeah. Uh, I, I would, or Did they take out Fortnite or did Epic take out Fortnite when they took their bat and ball? No, Apple right took
2: out Epic because they, yes, uh, they broke did. the rules. So Actually, they do do it and that was big. Yeah, mm. that
0: was huge. And then, of course, Epic sued them for various things. All
1: right, so it's within, well within the realm of possibility. It's very then. likely.
0: So let's uh, fast
1: forward for me here. So it's been a very tumultuous time for, for Twitter. Twitter is already a tumultuous platform, now has a somewhat tumultuously minded leader. Is there a way they claw back from this? Is there a way that that it that it the, you know the ship is righted? They've they've cut an enormous amount of staff, and that sometimes sometimes it financially helps companies, but doesn't always make them run smoother. Is it going to to shake out well, or is it going to still be a um, a hot mess, Peter? I think there's a big risk here. Uh,
2: I think my, probably coming from Europe, if um, the European the uh, Union is very tough on companies who don't moderate, who you know have content there that they object to. Uh, the moderation teams have, have been sacked. They're not there, so inevitably material is appearing. And of course, what the EU does is when they fine a company, it's not a fixed price fine, they fine you a proportion of global revenue. And that could also be devastating. So I think there is a risk that he, he may not kill Twitter, and, uh, but I reckon he'll only do this for a while. There's rumours that he's sleeping in the office and things like that. At some point, he's going to have to step back and put in someone sensible. But a lot of damage is being done. A lot of people are escaping to alternative platforms. Hmm.
1: All right. So in a, in a year that was marked by some tumultuous news, what would you say, Alice, is the strangest tech product <laughs> slash service slash trend of 2022? <laughs>
0: It has to be the Dyson Zone. It is just (laughs) the most bizarre-looking product I've ever seen. All right. So I've
1: never heard of this thing before. Just just paint a picture for me.
0: Okay. So I should say it is a product that makes a lot of sense for certain markets. But before you know that, it just looks very striking. It's a very chunky pair of headphones with a visor that goes over your nose and mouth that's attached to the headphones because it is a head-mounted purifier like air purifier. Uh, imagine kind of Bane's mask from Batman, mm. the uh, little kind of oxygen breathing things from Dune. You've kind of got a picture Cross that with like a Power Rangers helmet and you're there. It is, it has very strong The End Is Nigh vibes. It is the most dystopian thing I've ever seen. So I'm just, um, I'm just
1: looking at a picture of it now. So it's it kind of looks like, um, it kind of looks like a, a face mask uh. On crack. <laughs> it, yeah. It kind of looks like a face mask that's been put through the the um, the the Blade Runner filter.
0: Yeah. It also kind of looks like, you know those TDK CD ROM burners from 2001, the ads they had in TV hits and smash hits? This may have only been a very formative ad for me, uh, th- but it looks like that. <laughs> it's a
1: very deep cut, Alice Clark. It is. It is. <laughs>
0: uh, but it has... A lot of uses for people who live in areas with very bad air pollution, it seems to be aimed quite strongly at the Chinese market. Um, it does slightly ring a lot of alarm bells that it, rather than trying to fix air pollution as a whole, uh, we now have companies selling headsets that'll cost more than $1,000 so mm. rich people can just not deal with the problem. That's a bit concerning. But like, it sounds good. It's pretty comfy. But it is also deeply weird and shows the world going in a direction that seems apocalyptic.
1: Mm. And for you, Peter, the uh, the the trend, the service or the product of 2022 that was just very odd.
0: Well,
2: maybe not odd, but amazing is chat GPT. So this is the um, open AI uh, chat machine that has been trained on a huge amount of writing and it's been made available in the form of a web page at chat.openai.com and it does all sorts of amazing things you can just you chat to it you you ask it questions have a conversation with it and it remembers what you've spoken about before so you can carry on saying you know explain what you've just said but it can do amazing things like solving cryptic crossword questions, Um, you give it some code, program code with a bug in it and it will find the bug. You can get it to explain science questions. It can write stories and articles and I've got to say it writes really well. So if you have something, if maybe English isn't your first language, you can give it something that you've written and it will clean it up and make it uh, read much better. There are some caveats. The answers are written in a very confident style, so you really um, believe that it knows what it's talking about, but sometimes what it's saying is absolute nonsense. You can ask it to write a story. i got it to write a reference. Um, it explains complicated topics from history and physics and things like that. Now, other industries have been disrupted in the past. I've read that translators, people who used to be paid to translate text from one language to another, have been hit By effective machine translation. Now they complain, say it's not as good as what they do, but it's basically slashed their pay rate. And I expect that this sort of technology is going to take have the same fate for many people who are writers who are employed to say fill websites and local papers. This could do a pretty good job. There have been increasing complaints that Google's search results are getting worse. And some people say that's because the internet is getting worse. One reason why the internet is getting worse is a great deal of content is just generated by low-paid content farms or increasingly, I think, things like GPT-3.
1: I also think The Internet is Getting Worse is a perfectly viable alternative title for this Hmm. show. Who would you say are the biggest tech winners of the year, Alice?
0: Uh, it doesn't really feel like anyone won, but probably hackers and <laughs> makers of AI art.
1: Oh, yeah. I was going to say, we haven't talked, uh, weirdly, at least uh, while I've been in the chair, we haven't talked about the the, the meteoric rise of AI art, uh, which <laughs> seems to have flooded social media platforms of late. Um, why would you say, I mean, the hackers are self-explanatory, but Alice, why would you say the makers of AI art are winners
0: Well, artists are definitely the losers in the making of AI art because they say that uh, these AIs are trained on their art and now is undercutting their business. But I'm calling them winners because these past couple of weeks, you might have seen that a lot of people on your social media have been posting AI pictures of them in anime styles Mm. and as heroes. And that's been made by a company called Tencent. Uh, People are quite upset over the last few years because Tencent is a company that sells facial recognition software in China. And people have been like, ooh, that seems bad. And these last two weeks, people have been like, ooh, let's spend $4 to upload 10 pictures of myself to the company that sells facial recognition software.
1: Mm. So
0: they seem to have won that.
1: mm. For you, Peter, who would you say are the biggest tech winners of 2022? the free and open source distributed social network called
2: mastodon uh, since twitter took since musk took over twitter mastodon has grown exponentially many twitter users now put their mastodon id in their twitter bio and that's enabled tools to help you migrate across i used one called twittodon so instead of being owned by and controlled by an erratic Billionaire. Mastodon is open source software by a German developer. It's made up of separate instances which are federated, they are connected together. So each instance has its own rules and they do share some common sets of guidelines and they communicate with each other. Actually, it's interesting to know that tr- uh, Donald Trump's Truth Social is actually running Mastodon code, but of mm. course, it's not federated with the rest of the network. So Twitter's very influential, but it's not actually that big uh, compared to things like Facebook. So Mastodon will struggle to scale up, but if they can, that could be where that could be the next Twitter. They're the big winners at this point.
1: I think um, the, it's been interesting seeing there was a big rush for people to kind of set up Mastodon accounts but uh, when the Twitter thing happened. <laughs> no, the Twitter thing is just like my coverall for everything that happened mm. this year. I think there was also equally a response from a lot of people, Peter, who said, Oh, I've got on Mastodon and I've realized it's, it's not the same. It's not as easy to use. Do you think they'll ever be no. able to surmount that? I think they can.
2: I mean, it, it is a bit confusing because there's multiple sites. And you have to choose an instance to join, but that that's all being smoothed over. I, it reminds me of early Twitter. It's kind of more friendly at this point, and there's a lot of hate speech now and abuse on on Twitter. And Mastodon, by comparison, seems to be you know much a much calmer, nicer place. And it's amazing actually. When I ran, I downloaded my, I, I gave it my login. I mean, not Mastodon, the Twit to Don thing. My Twitter login, and about. 60% of all the people I follow on Twitter had Mastodon accounts. Now, maybe that's just the I was say, I'm that, in. You,
1: you, have, you have a very nerdy cohort, mm. Peter. Well, I, I, that's true. That's absolutely <laughs>
2: true. But still, if you look around, there's a lot of people on Twitter who are at least um, Mastodon curious. Mm.
0: Meanwhile, most of my friends are going to Hive, oh, which is like Twitter. If Twitter and Instagram had a really buggy child... <laughs> with a hint of MySpace. <laughs> well, Twitter uh, and when you say buggy, really buggy chart.
1: Yeah, I,
2: I, I, as as we speak, Hive is down because well, yes. it's so buggy. Yeah, mm. it's it's um, got a big problem, security. Macedon problem, so... is also
0: not bug-free, and there is a lot of privacy concerns. Given individual servers can be owned by individual people who can read your DMs. Like it's, yeah, not, but you it's can, not. You perfect.
2: can. You can. Well, you have to choose which one you join, but I, I think it's a good model and I, I agree it's more complicated than a single service like Twitter, but at least it will be robust. If one of them goes away, the other ones are still there. I, I
1: think, think one you know, thing I we can it's... all agree on is the fact that no matter what happens, humans will ruin both of them with given enough a half time.
0: Oh, completely. Bring back
1: forums. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I was actually <laughs> talking to somebody about that the other day, like let's bring back bulletin boards. They were a happy mm. space. Uh, and finally here on the show, the final episode of Download This Show for 2022, when we reconvene here, in 12 months time how different will the tech world look peter what what is the tech trend that you're thinking is is ready it's ready to take off between now and this time next year
2: i think apple is going to launch their mixed reality headset next year and it will leapfrog anything meta is doing even though uh, zuckerberg renamed the company meta and has been talking about the metaverse he hasn't impressed anyone with what he's shown so far Apple's hardware is going to be very expensive to start with, but eventually I think that's something that may disrupt um, desktop computers. The, the resolution is said to be incredible, I like it's 8k per eye are the rumours, so it will look as good as looking at a computer screen, so you might end up buying a pair of glasses instead of your desktop computer.
1: And with that, very big thank you to Alice Clark for joining us back on Della. This show was a pleasure to have you on both this episode and all the other episodes this year.
0: Thank you so much for having me. Have a great New Year's And Peter Marks, thank you so much for joining
2: us back on Download This Show. Thanks, Mark, and congratulations to you for all your well-earned success
1: this year. Absolutely. That's very kind of you. I'm going to go sleep for an eternity now. Um, I do want to say a very big thank you to uh, Joey Watson who produced uh, this show this year, uh, often while I was spread very, very thinly around the world, and a very, very big thank you to Ray Johnson who did such an incredible job stepping in for me for, for quite a while while I was off chasing stolen artefacts around the world. I'm looking forward to coming back in 2023 and seeing what other weird Weird stuff Elon Musk and Zuckerberg and all the rest of them get up to. And most importantly, not just what they get up to, but the impact it has on our lives. I'll see you in 2023. Goodbye.
0: You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio, and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.